Welcome to the E-Commerce Marketing Society podcast, a podcast for women who want to grow their online store or e-commerce brand by improving their marketing. I'm your host, Lisa Byrne, an e-commerce marketing coach for women with 20 years of marketing experience under my belt. I help women increase sales and decrease stress by helping them focus on the right things instead of doing all the things. As well as hearing from me, I gather my favorite women in e-commerce to share their stories of growth and expertise because we all know it takes a village to grow a successful business. Welcome to the society. Let's get focused and have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode four. Today I'm chatting to one of my favorite Australian e-commerce founders, Claire from Bon Maxi. If you haven't heard from Claire or seen her videos on Instagram, you may be living under a little bit of a rock. Uh, she creates beautiful, non-ugly solutions to life's annoying inconveniences, such as clever little earring holders, uh, mini wallets that fit your cards perfectly, and the ultimate handbag. Claire is one of those people who are as genuine, lovely and clever as she comes across online. And and to her credit, she has built an incredibly successful brand by being that face of her brand and the personality behind her brand. And she's also built it upon the relationships and community that she's built. So to quote Claire from today, she, you know, it's all about community, community, community. And Claire is one to watch. She just gets in and does her thing her way. And that's really admirable. And she keeps her customers at the heart of everything she does. She doesn't take it all too seriously. And I think we could all probably have a little bit of that in our lives. So in this episode, Claire shares her marketing mix with us what drives most conversions for her, what hasn't worked so well, and which strategies are most important to her brand. This episode is packed with practicality, just like like Claire's gorgeous products. So listen in and we'll see you soon. Hi, Claire. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yay. I'm so excited to chat with you. I've been wanting to chat with you for probably about a year now. I think we chatted before the before COVID, about, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, about getting together and having a chat or doing something together because I have, you know, admired your work, your marketing and your products from a distance for so long and I've loved watching you, you know, change and grow um, and do different things. You know, we don't work together, so I guess I'll just put that out there. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, selfishly so excited to ask you so many questions about your marketing today and learn more about you and what you do. But, but I'm getting away from myself. I should intru- let you introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, I'm Claire. <laughs> I um, have a business called Bon Maxi. I'm based in Brisbane. And Bon Maxi is all about, I've just recently changed my tagline and I will 100% forget what it was. Um, I'm just going to go back to the original. It's uh, non-ugly accessory storage and organisation things for a bit more calm in your life, which essentially sums up everything that um, I wanted to achieve in my own life which is trying to feel a little bit more together and a little bit more organised. And I design products that do that. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's the general pursuit of any working mum, I think, is just to feel a little bit more like they've got their stuff together. And you've you've helped um, lots of women do that in Australia. And so talk us through your core products. Um, back in 2015 is kind of where it all started with earring holders. It was previously a portrait painting business 
and a nursery art business, which is a lifetime ago, but I realised um, that I would like to solve a problem. And earring holders kind of became my thing. So I think that's still one of our major products. It definitely is one of our major, major products. Um, but I think um, adding wallets and bags to the mix has really rounded out my um, offering uh, because they're all items that have a lot of nifty features, um, but they're not hard to use. Uh, so it's, yeah, earring holders were probably the core product, um, but I don't really know what our, you know, wallets, bags and earring holders, I suppose, there are, yeah. you know, what people know yeah. us for, so... Absolutely. And a lot of people know you. Like uh, you've got a massive following on your social media, very engaged from what I can see. And I'm sure, you know, you get, you've got a massive, well, a sizable email list as well, but we'll get into that. And you actually started off at markets, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I tried to. Um, yeah. There were a few <laughs> local ones. The early starts and the heat um, in Brisbane summer yes. really wasn't my jam. Um, I, I started off on a big cartel site, actually, to, um, oh. to be honest. I don't know if that's even around anymore, but it was free. So I started off with my five free products, um, did that, and, yeah, was on maternity leave and just felt like I wasn't using my brain. So really just threw myself into painting some nursery prints, hopped onto Instagram, realised there was a huge community there, and um, just whacked a few things up online. Uh, and hoped for sales, which it is a really naive thing to do in considering my uh, my background in marketing. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of grew from that. But, yeah, dabbled in markets at the beginning. Yeah. And I think, I mean, probably nine out of ten business owners I speak to, they start just like that. You know, they see a need, they've developed a product, they're passionate about that particular thing and away you go, you know, get a URL, get an Instagram handle, you mm-hmm. know, eventually build an online store and, and you're up and running. So there ain't no shame in that. No. Um, and, yeah, speaking of your marketing background, I did a little bit of um, stalking hashtag oh. research last <laughs> night and I didn't know you had such an extensive marketing background I was so impressed oh thank you uh, it yeah. was days pre-social media really so quite yeah. a traditional um, side of marketing but yeah it's been quite useful in this business um, but I'm still learning so so much um, yeah what do you want to know yeah. <laughs> really yeah. Well, why don't we talk about how what you first started doing in terms of marketing? Like, wh- where did you start, and and how did that evolve? And where did you see the big shift when you kind of went from yeah, I'm cool, I'm going, I'm selling to okay, this is the real deal. So, in terms of the business, yes, um, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm trying to think. I think I launched my site. And I launched my Instagram handle and I realised when there were crickets um, and no sales, apart from probably my mum buying one or two things, um, that I really needed to start chatting to people online because I'd recognised that there were all of these communities on Instagram. So I realised that I probably needed to talk to somebody who ran a blog, probably needed to talk to somebody who had an interiors business and see who might be able to, um, well, who I might be able to leverage to help market myself. So I think right at the beginning, I had spoken to um, TLC Interiors, um, Chris, who I think is still running, um, and he very kindly put my, you know, put an article up on my blog. And I think that was the first thing I realised. I just needed to ask people whether that would help. Um, And some people, of course, would turn me down. Somebody, you know, wouldn't respond. Um, But when I realised that there was this network of people and it was all about networking rather than marketing on your own, 
that that's where things kind of clicked. Um, and then when the earring holders uh, came into play, so that was kind of early 2016, um, I posted one. I had an earring collection myself and I needed somewhere to store it and my dishes or my five dishes on my jewellery, uh, my dresser wasn't working. Um, when I posted, one or two people were like, oh, my gosh, I love earrings. You should check out this person. You should check out this person. And then I just started getting tagged in, you know, all of these jewellery business accounts um, and realised, again, a community just kind of opened up before me. Um, and, yeah, that's where it's been ever since, really, is just community, 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 um, and networking with people who are relevant to your business. So, yeah. Oh, I love that. That, that is that's so amazing. And I think women really need to hear that message that, you know, a lot of the time we see brands go from, you know, something small to something big and it's like, well, they must have so much money or how did mm -hmm. they do that? And a lot of the time it's them building relationships and asking for exposure or, um, you know, creating uh, partnerships and collaborations. It's not necessarily big advertising spends or throwing heaps of money at something. So that's amazing to hear. And, and is that still part of your marketing strategy today? Yeah, I think it would be remiss of me not to um, keep that networking going because I think that's really who's boosted uh, the brand are these individual communities, whether they be the blogging community or the fashion community or the earring, you know, accessories community. If I turn my back on them now, what have I really got? Because it is social media. So, um, yeah, maintaining that is still such a huge part of it. And it does take time and you can outsource mm. elements of it. But at the end of the day, I've put my face on my business um, and I need to still be that person who's in there chatting. And also, that's where I get a lot of inspiration for new products as well is when I actually have the conversations and understand that customers still have needs or wants or, you know, there's a gap in the market that I haven't quite hit properly. So, yeah, it's really important to maintain that. Totally. And you do that so well. Uh, you know, when I first started following you, I think it must have been early in the days where you were um, – developing your bags and you're asking a lot of questions you know like gold or silver you know pink or blue or whatever those questions were or like what most bug what bugs you most about your handbag and you know if you've got a community out there even if it's a small one listen asking those questions and listening to the answers can really help you know direct where you go you know sometimes you have to take it with a grain of salt mm -hmm. Um, the feedback have you found that too like it's like yeah I'm just going to ignore that person <laughs> oh yeah the people who request all glitter bags I still don't feel like that would be a <laughs> nice move for my business just because I think it's a very small small group of people who might might want like a fluorescent glitter bag I don't know it's a limited <laughs> edition <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny and um back to what you were saying about how you had a community opening up around you like there was the bloggers there was the interiors um that's really interesting too because when people think about partnerships and collaborations often they they think straight away you know expensive influencers so micro influencers and macro influencers you know two thousand dollars for a post but it's not necessarily that you know obviously you're making earring holders let's say so if you think about all the ver verticals that can come from that you know Australian earring manufacturers or designers you know that kind of thing and interior designers so it's thinking broad I guess a little bit broadly about who you could the different audiences that you could tap into finding the people that align to your brand and then just reaching out that's it and an email never hurt anyone and a no never no. really hurt anyone um, and I think it's getting over yourself to just get to that point where you go well I've actually got something of value too 
um, yeah. and what can I offer in return? So instead of necessarily yes. paying dollars for a post, you might pick somebody who's got a complimentary product that would, you know, find your community quite useful too. So kind of marrying exactly. up those, um, you know, offerings is really important in in being able to not over, you know, overspend on marketing and not actually getting the results that you were hoping for. That's it. And I find that those authentic relationships, and I kind of call them low-hanging fruit. So if someone wants to get into partnerships, I'm like, okay, we'll write a list of everyone that you talk to on Instagram. You know, it may be a brand, it may be a person, but write a list and then we'll look at, you know, who could potentially align with your brand and and let's reach out to them. Um, And I think we kind of forget that although a business may look, you know, daunting and successful from the outside, everyone but, you know, we're all doing the same thing. We're all trying really hard mm. and wanting to get our, you know, business or our product out there. So like you say, just send an email or, you know, drop into their DMs and start commenting on their posts and build that relationship. That's it. I think that's probably the most important part is um, it's very easy to ignore a DM, but it's really hard to ignore somebody who's left a genuinely nice comment on uh, something and has been doing it for, you know, a month. Um, start to go, oh, there's a positive affiliation with that person and, oh, I, of course I'm going to respond to their email because they've actually supported me. So, yeah, it's important yeah. to build before you just jump straight in because otherwise it's a very tight relationship and yes. it feels very, you know, disingenuous right from the get-go. That's right. I, I hear that a lot actually that um, it, you get a lot of those uh, people that contact you on Instagram saying, oh, I, I love that dress or I love that product and you can tell that they're sort of, looking for freebies, that whole product for post freebie. But the the real um, gold is from the genuine relationships. Like it's like anything. You wouldn't um, go walk up to a stranger on the street and give away your product or ask them for something. You know, you've got to build that. It's almost, a, you know, it's a relationship. It's a friendship. Yeah. What is the the saying? You've got to take them out on a few dates or you've got to take them to dinner. Yeah. Propose. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I've heard that one too. That's funny. <laughs> So what else is in your marketing mix? Oh, well, I mean, there's TikTok, which is a whole new oh, entity. Yes. That I, it, it makes me um, shake a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before that, obviously, videos uh, is a huge element of what we do. Um, Instagram, before that, of course, images, um, product explanations on posts, um, but stories and reels and IDTV yeah. feel like is where we really come across as a real brand and we're able to explain yeah. um, what it is that the brand is all about. And when I say we, I say that because Joe's off in the, in the background, but it's mainly me. Yeah. Joe's my husband. Husband um, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Does he have a title? Oh, CFO some days. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. We've, we've tried to make one up, but I mean, he's a man of Just all husband. abilities. Yeah, yeah. husband who yeah. does things. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, video is certainly a huge element um, in our marketing mix. We do Facebook ads, Instagram ads. I've dabbled in Pinterest marketing before. Um, I try and maintain a Pinterest page. But, again, another element that is, I think it's mm. so new to Australia that there's not many people who know a lot about what's going on. So that's another element um, I have a YouTube channel, but still have no idea what I'm doing there and what I want to offer. So I'm parking that mm-hmm. because too many things, you know. Um, yeah. But right. I feel like the next logical step in terms of 
growing video content is TikTok and that's pushing um, me to be very specific and very uh, to the point about what I want to yes. offer. So that's kind yes. of around, oh, and of course, emails. Um, Email. Yeah, and markets to a certain extent, except for COVID. So we were doing Finders Keepers, Big Design, a few of the bigger markets that were really great just to get out there. Um, and that's still marketing. You know, people see a brand and oh. um, recognise you yeah, online. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. And so what would you say has been your biggest success driver out of those marketing strategies that you've talked through? Um, the, the unpretty one is emails um yeah that's pretty well I know well I think it's because there's no there's no glamour in asking for somebody's email um and there's just an element of there's a lot of crowdedness in inboxes and I think people really shy away from it but at the end of the end of the day when you look at the numbers email is the one that converts the most um and I think that's just that dark horse that people always forget about because they think I need to be in front of the, the people. I need to be on screen. I need to be posting on Instagram. But realistically, just sending an email once a week um, does more for conversions than a video. Absolutely. Will do. Totally. I love email. And to me, it's it's at the top of my you know, priority list as well as video, like you mm-hmm. like you mentioned, and email particularly because of the ease of it. So once you get your head around it, like bashing out an email once a week takes you, well, how long does it take you? Uh, now a little bit longer because I like to, um, we've got a graphic designer that does a lot of our, you know, email templates and things. So it takes a little bit longer, but the copy of yeah. it, I just yeah. speak how I, or I write how I'm speaking and I don't yes. I think about it too hard. Um and you just throw in a few links and you're good good to go. And you're done. Yeah. And, and and actually that um, that is the best way you can write in your emails as if you were talking to your friends. You know, I think they, people get in their head having to make an email sound really professional or structured or even the design of it, make it look really, you know, bells and whistles and beautiful design. But at the end of the day, it really is just that clear message and how that how you make the person feel. Like is mm-hmm. it excited to see something on the other side of the email? Is it, you know, um, a sense of urgency to get it before it sells out? And you do that so well with your emails, adding your personality and tone of voice to it. You know, it does sound like it's coming direct from your mouth. And I guess it is. It is. <laughs> it is. I haven't yet outsourced that element, but yes, it is. <laughs> no. And to be honest, it's what it's part of your, from an outsider's point of view, it's part of your brand. You know, you are your brand. You're, you model your products. You're the face of your products. So it would be weird if it didn't sound like you. Yes, I agree very much so. I think it's taken me a while to get to that point of realisation that I still need to be be there. Um, yeah. Not a lot of businesses necessarily are, you know, when they start oh. to get a certain point. Um, and I think that's what is missing out of big businesses these days um, is yes. that personality, that disconnect. Yes, now. I couldn't agree more, yes. And also small businesses, like there, and I would love to talk about this with you actually mm-hmm. because you done so much about with your IGTV and your stories um so many women out there are reluctant to get their face in front of their customer and their audience and they kind of have this mindset that nobody cares what I have to say what do I say you know people are too busy to hear from me so Mm -hmm. what would you say around to women that are sort of in that sort of mindset um I think not doing it is more detrimental than doing it uh, and that you have to remember that Instagram stories disappear after 24 hours. 
<laughs> so no matter what you say, uh, you can retake. I retake often. You know, I might say something that sounded a bit weird or somebody interrupts me or I just can't get my words out straight. Sometimes I just post that anyway. Um, but people like humans because they are humans yep. too and they like to know that there's actually somebody on the, uh, the other side of the uh, business. Um, so doing that is only going to be better, you know, really overall for your business is to connect with your face. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. And yeah, sure, it's awkward to start with. And but you know, learning anything new is going to make us feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable and stretch us a little bit. But, you know, we can see from businesses like yourself who are still, you know, getting in front of your your community, it's it changes your business for the better. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think about it anymore to be honest. I just hop on and sometimes again that's not necessarily a good thing, but um, you once you start to think about your day and trying to dictate your day um, to your audience because that's really what they want to know, what you do, why you do things, who you are, um, it makes it a lot easier to go, well, here I am doing this. Um, this is related to what I do. Um, and, you know, it's a lot easier just to run things through um, on screen. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, you know, the next day it's 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 not as daunting but I think I mean there are filters too you can get yourself made up in a second or make yourself look like a cat if that's what you want to do but one story two stories it's just something to get you up there and I think the other element is that we are really being pushed to do video too by all of the social media platforms so if you don't you might be left behind and nobody's necessarily going to see your posts as much as they would be if you were on video so I think yeah you just you have to it's you just going to have to, don't you? That's right. Having a building an e-commerce brand or you know uh, any business for that matter, you know we don't do it to be comfortable. You know mm. everything's going to be tricky at some point, and I think in today's day and age, you do have to just embrace the new and just go. Yep, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all in, and that means telling my story and and putting my face out there no matter how kind of icky it makes us feel. That's it. The whole get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Um, how many yeah. businesses, you know, fail within the first one year or five years? It's because people don't push themselves and get used to feeling like they're really weird about doing something because, I mean, otherwise everybody would be doing it. So I think, you know, if you've yeah. got that drive to really feel the feels and, um, you know, if you want that success, it's a matter of stepping forward and, and getting over yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's right. It is getting over yourself. And how about reels? Have you you've dabbled in reels? Yeah, like it's TikTok's answer. No, t- um, yeah, answer to TikTok. So I I was kind of like, oh, I think I know what I'm doing here a little bit. Um, I think they've got some great features where you can align like stop motion and you know there are all of these really cool things that can engage people and they've really built in the features to be able to do that straight off the app. So you don't really need another video editing tool. Um, yeah. So I find that's really good to just go, well, here, what's another side of my product that I can show today? I've got five minutes. Let's see what I can do mm-hmm. and push it out. Um, awesome. So, I, yeah, I, I know that there's a lot more that you could be doing with it and creating a suite of, you know, product uh, uses or um, little hot tips. But it's such a powerful tool um, for the 30, you know, 15 or 30 seconds that people have. Uh, uh, to be able to grab grab their um, attention and just go, well, this is what I've got, you know, this is my offering, boom, see you later, have a good day. (laughs) 
Yeah. And I was looking at your reels last night and the funny one that you did about, you know, organizing your house on January 1st, or something <laughs> that got like 20,000 views. So it goes to show if you can be a little bit creative or a little bit silly and self-depreciating, then that's good too. It doesn't always have to be serious product stuff. No. And that took me two seconds to do. I couldn't be bothered cleaning my bathroom. And I thought, well, I mean, you know, other people will relate to this. And of course, the stuff that I actually put effort into doesn't get as many views but that's just the way of the world I think it's cruel yeah (laughs) yeah and so how about Facebook and Instagram ads do you manage them yourself or do you have help with that I have help um I tried very early on and I think business manager is its own demon really I don't understand it so I made the decision to outsource and that's been a really good decision because I don't have the headspace to work through all of the analytics work out all of the nitty-gritty, even though I'd love to, I love that kind of stuff, statistics mm-hmm. and analytics are my thing. But um, having somebody else just go, this is what you need to do, this is what we should be focusing on this way, um, this month um, and this mm-hmm. is how things are going and we're going to tweak it. I think there's a lot of tweaks that happen. So that's been a really, really great um, element that we've, we've outsourced. Yeah. And did it fi- take you a long time to find the right person for that? Uh, Yes and no. Uh, I had done a digital picnic course um, back in my first year of business, I think, when Cherie was flying around the country doing all of her workshops. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, when you just meet somebody, you're like, I know know that you know your stuff and I have a bit of a, like, I just trust you straight away. Um, And I picked up that vibe from her. um, But I did think, oh, agency, that's really scary for a small business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I did get just a one-person um, team do it for a while mm-hmm. um, but in the end I was drawn in by TDP's marketing they know their stuff you know they're really one of the top agencies in the country um, and I realized that investing in a bit more strategy and in a team um, in the end is going to really reward us better. Yeah it's such a tricky one and you know it can work both ways yeah, um, but absolutely. going with your gut and and trust is is such a big thing and and you do have to do your homework when you're working with someone an agency or a freelancer Mm -hmm. you know ask questions you know don't be afraid to ask for testimonials or um, references so you can check them you know if you're paying a significant amount of money per month then you want to make sure it's it's going to the right place because I have heard a lot of horror stories from you know freelancers and and what have you around Facebook ads. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so, you know, as soon as you put that you're a Facebook ads expert, people are just like, oh, awesome, take it, take yes. it, you know, because we don't know what we're doing. So people yeah. just instantly trust. Um, on the flip side, though, agencies don't necessarily um, do everything or, you know, you're passed around to multiple people. So you lose that kind mm. of one-on-one contact. I've been burnt that way before. Um, so I think it's really, I was just talking to Joe this morning about how we're not meeting people face-to-face anymore. It's really hard mm. to gauge whether this person's, you know, somebody you can trust um, when you just have mm. a phone call, you know, or you email and you go, can you can you work with me? Um, so I think having the time to talk to people, try and get a gauge for whether they actually understand what they're talking about um, and not being swept away by, you know, offers or yes. graphics or something. Um, yeah, do a bit of research and get opinions from other people too. 
Yeah, that is such a good um, piece of advice. Like if if someone's offering a 15-minute discovery call, you know, maybe ask for a half an hour one or a 45-minute one or a Zoom if you're really, if, if you're the kind of person that needs to pick up on a vibe and, and how you interact with someone, and I would highly recommend that, then, yeah, ask for a Zoom because you're right, it, you need to have that trust. Um, and there are a lot of cowboys out there. So many. <laughs> mm, yeah. Cool. And so we've got talked through email marketing, mm-hmm. um, social media to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Do you still do all of your social media? Half. Um, that was another element that I outsourced about oh, about a year and a half ago now. Um, so TDP as well, manage half of my socials. Um, I, like I said, I've got a, a business degree. Um, I've got yeah. the knowledge and the know-how to plan and, you know, do a marketing strategy but when you prioritize that other things in your day-to-day life really get left behind so um having somebody sit me down and go okay the next two weeks let's plan and we're going to do this and we're going to hit these content pillars um what are we going to do really helps me to go okay let's focus on this for 10 minutes and then I can get on with the rest of my day um so that's been a huge um weight lifted off my shoulders because I used to panic every day every morning every night I go oh my gosh I need to post oh my gosh I don't know what to do oh my gosh it's like the sun's gone down I can't get a decent photo so that really was starting to get um get me quite anxious so yes having the knowledge that there are things that are scheduled that hit the right points for my marketing means that I can add my filler of my face on stories or just do a random reel that is silly and doesn't actually do anything apart from, you know, make somebody smile. Um, And, yeah, that's really alleviated a lot of um, the worry that I'm not doing everything I should be in a business. I love that. And I think so many people can relate to that anxiety of, you know, crap, I've got to do a post, uh, you know, what do I do? Um, and finding the right person to alleviate that stress. And it sounds like you've got a really good mix that you can pop on and do your fun personality, you know, product-focused things, and then the bread and butter or like the meat on the bone is being taken care of by um, an agency. So that's a really good um, mix. Yeah, I agree. It's worked quite well. And I think I'm, I've now, you know, five years in, I've realised that I really don't have to run my business how I see other people running it um, and yes. I can still be a big business and have my face, um, you know, as the brand and I can be a big business and outsource half of the things or, um, you know, there's just, there are no rules really. So working yeah. with how I want to work um, and not having a schedule to do certain things has really worked well in allowing me to go, oh, well, it doesn't actually matter and then I can focus on the things I want to do. Yes, and the, the things that you want to do is that – product development do you find is that like where your heart lies yes um and tinkering with the website (laughs) um yeah and looking at analytics and just researching I do a lot of reading I look at a lot of websites other people's websites um user interface um I love processes um but product development Uh, is really something that I don't give myself enough time to do. I always think I need to do this, you know, I've got this idea, I need to sit down and do it. But I end up sitting on the couch at night time doodling. Mm -hmm. It's not actually a really good way to develop your next, um, you know, best-selling product. So um, outsourcing a few elements of the business has really allowed me to go, okay, well, today I'm going to do half a day of just drawing because that's really important Mm -hmm. for the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, when I've done that, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm doing well. So, 
Yeah. I love that you've got a mix of um, product development, product development, but also the analytics. And it sounds like you're, you know, you've got that CEO mindset happening. Like if you're reading books and researching, you're looking at what's next, what's coming down the line. Where do I need to be in 12 months time, two years time, rather than I've got to post this thing tonight and sell this thing tonight. So yeah. Yeah. It's the whole working, oh no, you're right. Um, Working (laughs) on your business instead of in it. Yes. Um, you know, people say that all the time, but it really is how else are you going to progress unless you start looking towards the future a little bit and looking at trends and, you know, keeping your eye on the ball um, when it comes to competition or, um, you know, different marketing opportunities. So I think, you know, allowing your, your time to be um, drifting away on a blog or, you know, going down a rabbit hole of a different product idea. I think that's so important because that creativity still needs to be part of your business. That's it, because that's where what got you to where you are now, that, you know, uniqueness and what you bring in the flavour. So in terms of looking at your data, how often do you sit down and, and look at, you know, sales and marketing statistics? Uh, well, daily. Um, I think yeah. that's the beauty of, like, we've got a Shopify website. You hop yes. on and the first thing that you see is your dashboard. Um, and I read that from top to bottom, you know, multiple times a day just because I, that's my motivation. When I see something mm. over, I see suddenly 15 people, you know, are on the website. I'm like, oh, the sale's about to come in. That's really good. I wonder where they've come from. Um, mm-hmm. Having that excitement of where your audience is and how they've come about, um, it's, you know, it gives you ideas of what to do the next day um, or what yeah. to have about the next day too. Yeah, and way to double down on like because we were talking before about all the things that you do and there's it, it can be so daunting for business owners because there are so many things, but looking at your data will be able to help you go, right, if 80% of my sales are coming from email, I need to go all in on email. And perhaps, you know, I'm not saying that this for you, but like perhaps you cut out some of the things that ne- aren't necessarily serving you. You know, that that can also work. That's a marketing strategy in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Like Pinterest is a great example of that. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I've had a chat with Pinterest. We've tried ads, but I still haven't seen traction on the website. You know, you do a lot of effort Mm. with posting and making things pretty and I still, I just don't know how it works. So um, yeah, working that out. And I think I've allowed myself this month to go, I'm not actually going to care about Pinterest because I'm getting anxious thinking about, oh, I haven't done this. When am I supposed to post? What am I supposed to post? Am I actually being seen? So just focusing on, well, I did get, you know, 20 comments on that post the other day. Maybe I'll do something similar with another product. That That's a really, you know, great way to hone in a focus and not feel so pressured. Yes. Yeah. Or, you know, instead of sending one email a week, send three emails a week. Mm-hmm. Test that. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have to water down and be everywhere and do everything. Um, there is no shame and that's I actually recommend it is just going all in on one thing. Yeah. And if you listen to my um, podcast from yesterday about how Facebook uh, ads are going to be impacted, so all those owned channels that you've got mm-hmm. are going to become even more important. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know what the future holds and Instagram could die tomorrow and we'd be stuck. So having, yeah, having those kind of, well, I mean, a little bit of a mix, but having those channels that yes. we work and focusing on that is, um, yeah, very important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, um, I'm going to end with some quick questions. 
because uh, I think we've got a really good understanding of yeah your marketing and actually no first of all I'm going to ask you where what's in the what's the future for Bon Maxi where are you, where are you, can you give us a little sneaky peeky or yeah well yes I suppose um it's hard because I think 2020 was just like a, a paddling scrambling yes. year um and I feel like last year was meant to be the year that things like 2020 clarity it was meant to be the year where we kind of grew when we became better versions of ourselves so I think that's been on hold so I feel really optimistic about this year I've got um a number of products that are not things that I've done before um but I still I think I'm a lot more confident in focusing on just helping people feel less overwhelmed um in all elements so not necessarily accessory storage, which was a big focus for a while, not necessarily handbags or accessories, but in the home area. Little I things love that. that really don't need to be yeah. So yeah, um awesome. few new, yeah, few new products coming and yeah, I'm excited. That's very cool. When do you think they'll be coming down the line? Hopefully by mid year. Or oh. early. Depending, I mean, who knows what's gonna happen with the world. <laughs> Yes, yes. Hopefully we stay on track. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, um, yes, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. So who do you love to follow on Instagram for inspiration? I heard you ask this question <laughs> the other day and I was like, who do I, I was trying to think, who do I get on and, you know, want to look at straight away? To be honest, there are so many amazing young small businesses on TikTok that are absolutely killing it and I've been hopping on daily to see what they're posting what they're doing the schedule that they're posting on um so I'm just watching um a lot of that on TikTok and I'm finding that really interesting yeah um, there's a lot of learning there's so much fun to be out TikTok's just absolutely. awesome it is yeah it's an unknown entity but on the flip side uh go to skincare I oh yes love, love that as a you know what you should be doing Oh, absolutely. I adore them. Um, Okay, second question is, what is your go-to marketing strategy? I'm getting my face on video. Uh, I think that's the easy one is uh, if I've got five left of a product and I know they're super popular or I know that I've got another coming, uh, another colour coming in three weeks, I hop on and I say, this product's been really super um, popular. I've got five left. And then you put a swipe up link and magic happens. It's like instantaneous. People just love to hear from you. They do. And have your personal recommendation or, you know, using things like scarcity or urgency, you know, this is almost going to run out or I really, you know, this looks great with this or this is one of my favourites, this is a bestseller. All those easy messages creates trust and confidence and, you know, they're going to buy. Absolutely. Okay, last question is, let me think of it. What would you say to someone in your shoes, you know, five years ago or three years ago? What advice would you give them? Ah, I would probably say if your business doubled tomorrow, how would you handle it? Mm. I think when it comes to processes, um, stock, uh, I think internal processes are the massive one though. We were packing orders, you know, for years and years and almost killing ourselves doing it. Um, and things were growing, um, and so I had to look for a solution to doing that, uh, to outsourcing that. So um, that was a huge thing that I wish I'd done earlier. I wish I'd started researching earlier because we we drowned before we really got back uh, got back on our feet again. 
Yes, it's almost like, um, what's I saying, like baptism of fire that you, know, mm. you grow and you go through that pain and so many business owners I chat to go through the pain of, oh, my God, I'm staying up until midnight every night and then you realise, okay, I need to put a lot of time and, and money towards processes and systems and I love that kind of stuff we should have talked about that too but maybe we'll have to get you back another time to talk about processes <laughs> and data yeah. we can oh, nerd out. yes yes that's amazing <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for sharing your time today and telling us all about your marketing it's been really interesting and you've shared heaps of wisdom so thank you and I'll put your url in the show notes um but yeah if you haven't heard of Clara Bon Maxi, then you have to go and check her out and follow her and get inspiration from how she promotes her products in such an authentic and fun way. You, you do have so much fun and, and people just want to kind of, people want to magnetize towards that. So yeah, good on you and thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on the e-commerce marketing society podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future apps. If you found value in today, I would be forever grateful for a rating on iTunes, or if you just tell your biz friends about the podcast, that would be great too. If you'd like to learn more about me and my one-on-one six-month coaching program, Strategy to Sales, head over to my website, www.lisaburn.com.au and be sure to tune in next week for more marketing goodness with lots of love and lots of sales. I'll see you next week.